Psalm 119 verses 41 to 48 today. I'll read it out loud for us. It says, Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I shall walk in a white place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. Uh, So this uh, strophe or stanza, this unit of poetry kind of begins with uh, prayer for deliverance. Really, the whole this this whole section is about how those who delight, uh, those who delight in God's rules, God's law, those who trust in God's word, uh, bear faithful witness to it. Uh, and uh, and the first part, the first three verses, verse forty-one to forty-three, is a prayer. It's a prayer of a faithful witness. And then verses forty-four to forty-eight is a pledge of, of a faithful witness. And so it begins with the prayer in verse forty-one, let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Um, and, and it seems that he is in a situation, kind of a bad situation that he needs God to save him from. Uh, and it seems that there's some there's some enemies that are taunting him. So they're taunting him saying, Where is your God? Uh, if you if your God is all that you say He is, then why are all these things happening to you? Um, and uh, and w- where is the God that you put so much hope in? Uh, uh, but the psalmist hasn't hasn't abandoned his hope. He has held on, and so he asks God for deliverance. Lord, let your steadfast love, your unchanging love, come to me. Uh, your salvation according to the promises you have given me. And and only then shall I have an answer for these people who are taunting me, right? So that's so he's holding on. This is a great picture of of, of faith seeking understanding. Uh, it's, I don't know if that's a phrase you guys have heard. Uh, often when people uh, bad things happen to Christians, uh, sometimes it's they get doubt, which leads them to despair, right? Uh, this is happening to me. I don't know if God's really with me. I don't know if God really loves me. I don't know if God really is in control. It's a doubt that leads to despair. In contrast, faith-seeking understanding says, you know, my experience is contrary to God's promise, what I know about God. Uh, But instead of saying, therefore God must not love me or God must not exist, the faith-seeking understanding says, this is what I believe uh, and Lord, please help me to understand. Uh, I know this might, so instead of letting our experience dictate our faith, uh, the, this person, the psalmist, is letting his faith dictate his experience, make sense of what he's going through. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. But help me, deliver me, show me that pro- the truth to me that your word is true, which because I, I believe it, I hold on to it. Um, and and so he he says, then he will have be able to answer those who taunt him, and he will not take. And he prays, continues that prayer in verse forty three. Take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. He's still hoping in God's word, 
And so he doesn't want God to take away uh, his testimony. He wants him, to, wants him to preserve him so that he can continue to bear witness to God's uh, truth. Um, and, uh, and that's the prayer of a faithful witness. And then in the latter half of the psalm, we see the pledge, pledge of a faithful witness. Um, it says in verse 44, and 45, I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. Uh, so the word continually suggests uh, without pause, right? Without ceasing. Uh, and then forever and ever uh, suggests without an end, without a terminus. So he's saying, uh, without ceasing, without pause and without end, I will continue to keep your law. I will keep your law. Uh, and so it, it's, it's, it shows to us what life of obedience should look like. That obedience is not just a part-time commitment, but rather it's, it's an entire life, and without break, lived toward the glory of God. And I love the following image in verse 45. And I shall, when he's doing this, I shall walk in a wide place where I have sought your precepts. Uh, I love that image because uh, like sometimes when, as Christians, we think about the word precepts, God's law, God's rule, we can think of it as a restrictive thing, you know, uh, a narrow thing. Right? It's restrictive. It's it's something that limits us, right? Constrains us. Um, but the psalmist describes it as I sh- it, when he seeks the precepts of God, he says, "I shall walk in a wide place." This is the spaciousness of obedience. Uh, there's a sense of spaciousness, of freedom, liberty that comes with obedience. Uh, it's it's in the same way, you know. It's only the the musician that disciplines him or herself uh, to, to do these tedious finger strengthening exercises or scales that can later uh, uh, play uh, these difficult, you know, exquisite pieces of music with freedom and joy, right? It's that, it's that and, and in the same way, it's the, um, uh, I mean, if, if you think of uh, a writer, right, an author, uh, it's it's those who have disciplined themselves with learning the conventions of grammar and diction and uh, and and really these literary principles that can later really experiment and write freely and and joyfully uh, and, and with flourish and so it's the discipline and, and that reminds me of the of a quote that I've used before uh, from uh, G.K. Uh, Chesterton in his book Orthodoxy he comments on this paradoxical aspect of God's law. He says, the more I considered Christianity, the more I found that while it had established a rule and order, the chief aim of that order was to give room for good things to run wild. Uh, it's the, the, the freedom to obey. It, it gives us protection, boundaries, in order in which we can run wild. There's a spaciousness. God makes it wide. I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. Um, and and then he con- and, and he continues his pledge in verse 46, I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. And that's, uh, and it's, this, there's an emphasis on giving testimony earlier in verse uh, right, 42 and 43. He spoke of bearing witness, giving testimony to his enemies who taunt him. And now here he's saying even before kings, uh, he will bear testimony. He will bear witness to God's word and he will not be ashamed. Uh, and, and this is, it's a good question to ask. Do we have this kind of confidence as a psalmist uh, that we will not be put to shame when we share, bear witness to God's word? Um, that even when we're before the wisest of people in the world, do we have faith 
that God's word will prove still wiser. Uh, even before the best philosophers of this age, do we have confidence that God's word will prove truer? Right? And, and even, even among the, uh, you know, the most noble or moral people in the world, do we have confidence that God's word will be still more noble and more, uh, more beautiful and moral and better uh, in every way? Uh, and, 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 and the psalmist has that confidence. So he says, even before kings, I know I will not be ashamed. And he, puts, uh, he, he bears witness to God's word and he pledges to continue to do that. And the reason is amazing. Verse 47, For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. The phrase lifting up my hands, it's, it's usually it's a, kind of a gesture of prayer. And when it's used in Scripture, it's usually referring to God. I lift up my hands to God. It's a way of stretching your hands out to God. But here, interestingly, that it, that's, that instead of God, it says, I, I will lift up my hands toward your commandments. Um, so because the commandments of God speak of God, reveal God, uh, stand for God. And, and here, and, 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 and it's hard to miss uh, kind of the relational and re- almost even romantic, right, overtones, right, which I love, right? Uh, I, I, it's a, it reminds me of the word, we, the English word we have, like a bibliophile, right? Someone who loves books, right? Lovers of books, and uh, and there's a there's a sense in which, right? I mean, Kim's Kim's one of them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a sense in which you can really fall in love with the book, right? Like, I mean, it's it engages. Unlike I don't know TV shows or movies that imagine things for you. When you read a book, you have to use your own imagination. It engages you in a different way. You kind of really get immersed in the world, and you get really you can get really enamored with the characters. And so there's a sense which you can really fall in love with a book, uh, and you feel like it's a relationship. You get to know someone. Uh, uh, but this is true in a much profound, much more profound way with Scripture, because God presently speaks uh, from His Word. Uh, it's a way in which we relate to God, hear from Him, uh, and we could even pray back Scripture to Him. Uh, and, and, and so, and so that it's not inappropriate for the psalmist to say, I love God's commandments. I delight in God's commandments. I love them. And, and that's the love that we should cultivate. And it's those who love God's word that bear faithful witness to it. Um, and, uh, uh, and this is, uh, it's, and that's why, because he loves it, it says uh, he, uh, he, he, he was going to bear faithful witness to it. And we know that in the end, his faith and his hope will not be disappointed because God always delivers on his promises and his deliverance uh, ultimately uh, is seen in uh, is seen the fulfillment of God's promises in Jesus Christ uh, Jesus is the is the is what the promise all the promises of the Old Testament point to and in his life death and resurrection uh, he he brings the salvation that is promised uh, and and by and delivering us from our sins dying for our sins being raised from the dead to give us new eternal resurrection life uh, and and now uh, and as people who are on that other side of of, of uh, the salvation history as people who have experienced this have seen the fulfillment of God's promises, which this psalmist was only holding out for and hoping in, uh, we all the more should love God's word uh, and bear witness to it. Uh, That's really the main point of this psalm.